But we're going to continue our series called Making Change. If you were not with us last week, this is not about making change in terms of dollars and cents, but uh, it does have to do with finances. What we're talking about is making change in terms of making changes now that will impact our tomorrow. So if we can learn to make changes today, it can have a drastic impact on our future, on our tomorrow. So we need to make changes now so that we can change our tomorrow because tomorrow matters. Uh, let me pull up my notes here. I'm going to probably skip over a little bit of this, but I do want to start with a few questions. Last week we talked about living with less and actually it being more for us, so less is more. Maybe we can have more satisfaction and enjoyment in life with less stuff. Today we're going to talk about the stress that oftentimes accompanies debt. Stress is bad, right? Now, not all stress is bad. I know some of you are out there thinking, Brian, not all stress is bad. Fair enough, okay? But a lot of stress is bad. It's been proven to be bad for us. And so I have a few questions that are in you version. How many of you has ever said, since we took on more debt, our marriage has gotten so much better? Right? How many of you have ever said that? Right? You're like, we took on all this debt, and man, our marriage is so much better. When you lay down or you kneel before your bed or you pray at night, how many of you ever thank God for all of the debt that you have on the stuff in your life? You say, God, thank you so much for this debt. None of you do that. Crazy. Uh, how many of you know someone who has ever said, I would like to do more stuff. I'd like to do more for people, but um, I just can't because I have too much debt. Have any of you ever known that? Or maybe that's true for you. You think, I would like to do more stuff for other people, but, well, I have all this debt. Once I get this debt out of the way, then I'll be able to do more stuff. Maybe you know someone, a couple, who fights and argues over their finances. None of you? Wow. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, I know somebody. I live with them. No, just kidding. But in all seriousness, debt is not necessarily always a bad thing. There, there are times um, when debt is, is not necessarily a bad thing. But in the, in the country in which we live, uh, debt is a normal way of life, right? In fact, most of us would think it was weird if we didn't have debt, right? I mean, most people in America would think, well, it would seem weird not to have some kind of debt. I mean, everybody has debt on their house, right? Everybody has debt on their cars. Everybody has one or two credit cards. I mean, it's just a way of life in America, okay? Now, Wayne is sitting up in front of me going, nope, 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 right? Because Wayne is truly an exception to the rule. Okay, he and I have had conversations about this. I mean, I don't want to out him or anything here, but the other day he was in my office talking with me, and he says, Brian, I've never written a check. <laughs> like, what? He's like, I haven't learned yet, and I'm not going to. Right? That's what he says to me. He's like, I'm not writing checks. I don't have any use for that. Never had plastic, as he calls it, plastic. Don't need plastic. Not getting plastic. Some of you are sitting out there thinking, how does a person function that way? Right? Because I'm that person. Wayne, how do you pay bills, right? 
Cash. Crazy. Flat out crazy. Like, how do you pay your DP&L bill? How do you do it? Cash. You have to take it somewhere. You can't just, like, set it and forget it. You go to Kroger and pay this DP&L bill. Some of you are out here thinking, that's insane. How do you even do that? Right? But that's how Wayne chooses to do it. And it works for you, right? Right. Right. But it works for you not to. You have no debt. Yeah. And he, now, I'm not saying that all of you should aspire to be Wayne. Don't approach Wayne afterwards and say, Wayne, how did you do that? Okay. But in conversation with Wayne, there are times I look at him and I think, I don't know how you do that. But he looks at me probably and thinks, I don't know how you do that. To each his own. We are not up here to demonize, okay, or to make debt out to be this great evil in our culture. What we do want to do, however, is to point out how debt can be a problem and often is a problem for those of us in Christian America. Not that America is a Christian nation. That's not what I mean. Those of us who are Christians in America. So if you're a Christ follower and you're following along today, uh, we want to talk about how debt can be not good in your life. We're going to start with Proverbs 22.7. Proverbs 22.7, if you're following along in new version, just as the rich rule over the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay? As the rich rule over the poor, so the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, let's be clear about what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is that when you borrow money, so let's say that you borrow money for your house. You're going to buy a house. A bank or a lending institution gives you money to purchase said house. What do they expect in return? Payments. So there is an expectation that while they're lending you this money, you're going to pay it back. Right? Now, how many of you have a mortgage that is interest-free? None of you have a mortgage that is interest-free. Okay. How many of you have an auto loan that is interest-free? Credit cards that are interest-free. None of you. Crazy. So when we talk about the borrower being slave to the lender, essentially what we're saying is this. When you borrow money, you put yourself in a position of subservancy to someone else. I am going to commit to paying this money back with interest no matter what, right? If you have a mortgage and you call your mortgage company and you say, listen, I was in church Sunday and they talked about this need that, that they have. And so I'm just, I'm going to not make my mortgage payment this month because I need to fill this need in my church. You understand that, right? You're, I mean, you're okay with that if I don't, if I just don't pay you this month. Now, how many of you have ever tried this? None of you have ever tried that? To call a lending institution and say, hey, God put this need in front of me that he wants me to meet, and so I'm going to meet it, and I'm not going to pay you what I owe you. None of you have tried to do that. Well, if you haven't, let me tell you what's likely to happen. They're going to say, sorry, you signed a piece of paper saying you would pay us back this money on this date and this amount. That's how it works when we borrow money, yes? 
So in essence, we're saying I'm borrowing this money and I'm going to become slave to you until I pay it back. Now that does not mean that that we're literally a slave and that we work for them, but we have made a commitment that we will keep. Yes? Yes, that's, that's what we do when we borrow money. Now, some of you, if, if you're like me, you probably think the idea of living without debt is insanity. It's preposterous to think that I could go through my whole life without debt, right? The idea of a debt-free existence seems insane and in some ways even maybe impossible to us. And one of the real questions that we wrestle with is why is that the case for us? Why is it that a debt-free existence seems so outlandish and crazy to many of us? Well, last week when we talked about less is more is part of the problem, right? Because we're a people that are consumed by more, one of the ways we often get more is what? We use debt, right? In part because our culture tells us that we deserve it. In part because our culture tells us it's what will make us happy, So we take on debt. And once we take on the debt, though, here's what happens. That money becomes tied up until that debt is paid off in full. Right? Now, if you take out a mortgage loan that's 30 years, how long are you going to be tied up with that mortgage payment? 30 years. If you take on a seven-year car loan, how long is that money tied up? Seven years right? Why would we take on a seven-year car loan? Because the payments are lower, right? And why would we want a lower payment? Well, if I take on a lower payment, I might be able to buy something else too. I can buy, if I go seven years on my car loan, then I can get a boat or something that gets towed behind it. But if I only take a three-year car loan, my payments are like twice as much. I don't want that higher payment. I want that lower payment than a seven-year car loan. And then when my car is paid off, I have to get rid of it because it won't run anymore. Cars are disposable now. They're like 10 years and you're done. So the reality that we have to understand is this. It's not that debt is necessarily an evil thing. It's the ways in which we use debt as a culture. Now, I want you to take just a moment and think about what would it be like in your world if you did not have debt? Take the money that you, that's your income and subtract out your debt, and what are you left with, right? Imagine if I didn't have this debt, what would I be able to do? Now, I'm not talking about being able to do for yourself. I'm not saying, man, I could take trips all over the country, all over the world maybe. I could buy a really, really nice car, or I could buy... No, 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 no. Stop for just a minute and think about what could I do for God and for other people in my world if I didn't have this debt? How effective would we be as Christians in reaching out to the world around us and being able to actually do the things the Bible tells us to do for others if we didn't have the amount of debt that we have? That's my encouragement to you today. I do not want any of you who are sitting here to feel like, oh, man, Pastor Brian is bashing on me because I have debt. I have debt still. We have a house payment, a mortgage. We have a car payment. It's not like I'm up here telling you, you're evil if you have these things. That's not what we're doing. 
But our goal, Dawn and I, our goal is once our cars are paid off, is as of right now anyway, right? Because we're just like all of you. As of right now is to drive them until they will not run anymore. And take the money that we were paying for car payments and sock it away somewhere so that when we have to buy a car, we'll have cash to actually pay for the car. It's crazy. This crazy concept, right? So please do not think I'm bashing on you if you have some debt in your life. But here's what I am going to do for you. I want to talk to you about working your way out of debt, okay? Especially consumer debt. And what we're talking about is anything that is not secured by collateral. Credit cards, same as cash loans, all these things that we put ourselves into, those are the things we want to eliminate first. And then move on toward eliminating the other things that are collateralized, like cars and houses. But here's the thing. Some of us, some of you sitting here are like, that's 20 years out for me. There's no way I could get out of debt in the next few years. It's just not possible. There's no way I could do that. And I want to encourage you that there is a way that you can do that. It might take you a while, okay? But the question isn't, is it possible? The question is, how important is it to you? Oh, right? That's the question. The question is, as a follower of Christ, do you have a desire to use the resources God has given you to do something for someone other than yourself? That's the question. And so if you sit here and you say, you know what, I would like to do more things, but I just can't. Well, let's talk about three prayers, three things that you can pray while you trying to work your way out of debt. Here's the first one. God, grant me or give me self-control. Right? This one is huge. You know why this one is huge? Because some, listen, I'm not here to bash on you because I've been here. Some of us, when we pay a credit card down, we're jumping for joy. You know why? Because now we can go out and put more stuff on it. Right? Hey, we paid our credit card down to almost nothing. What can we go buy? Here's an idea. Don't buy anything. How many of you already have enough stuff? How many of you don't have enough stuff? Oh, wow. That was weird. Just the other day, Dawn and I started clearing our upstairs room because we were redoing the floors. Instead of spending money on stuff, we're actually just sanding them. We're going to varnish them, right, to protect them, okay? They're terrible, right? These floors are in some bad shape. But we're, we're trying to do this with less, and we're hauling all this stuff downstairs. And while I'm doing it, I'm getting irritated because I'm like, we have too much stuff, right, Don? I'm like, where do we get all this stuff? And why in the world do we ever buy anything else? Can, can any of you relate? Why in the world do I need to go buy? Because I want something new. Right? I was talking to Ken last night about their, their getting rid of some of their baby stuff. And he's like, we came across something that's a, a baby wipe warmer. He was like, why did we even buy this? We never even used it. He was like, this is a terrible idea. But we bought it. And I'm like, yeah, Ken, that's what we all do. 
we all go out and buy stuff because retail therapy is a thing, right? Yeah? God, give me some self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. The enemy wants to invade your city, right? The enemy wants to invade you. And if you have no self-control, you have no walls to protect yourself. And so self-control, when we pray, God, give me some self-control, we're asking for God to help us say no. The quote for this week, if you can say no for a little while, you can say yes for a long time to come. Now, Dave Ramsey would say it this way. If you can say no for a little while, you can say yes for the rest of your life. Okay? But that's not always true. Okay? So I changed it. So that if you can say no for a little while, you can say yes for a long time to come. But it's hard to say no, isn't it? It's hard to say no when you just don't like your car anymore. It's hard to say no when you go out and you test drive the other car that's better than yours, that still has a new car smell, right? And all the bells and whistles and, you know, my payment would only be X more. And so I need to go get another car. God, give me self-control, number one. Number two is God, give me understanding. This is huge. And what I mean by this is not God give me knowledge, but God give me understanding. Open my heart to see how taking on debt can be negative for me, right? Help me understand that by taking on this debt for this thing I really want, I'm making myself slave to someone else. I'm putting my finances in slavery to someone other than you. For what? See, church, that is the question. Sometimes we have to take on debt. We have no choice. I remember when Esther was born, Dawn and I had no insurance for her. This was pre-Affordable uh, Care Act. We couldn't get health insurance on, on Dawn for maternity because it just the way it worked out. And so we had to pay up front for all of the care that was related to Esther's birth. And it was like $12,000 or something. I don't even remember how much it was. But we didn't have that cash. And so we, we were putting all kinds of stuff, lab bills and all kinds of stuff, on credit cards because we had no other way to do it, right? Now, I'm not up here to tell you that that's how it should be done. I'm just telling you that there may become a time when you just don't have a choice. But that is different, right? That is different than saying, man, we need, I don't even know what it is for our house. We need a new kitchen. Our kitchen's just old. It needs updated. Let's go over to whoever and let's, let's take our, if you go to Lowe's, you can get Two years, 24 months, same as cash, right? We don't have the cash on hand. Let's just go and do it, and then we can make payments on it, right? Now, is there anything wrong with updating our kitchen? Mike and Susan, you guys just updated your kitchen. Is that just like a bad thing to update the kitchen in your house? No. But here's the thing. If I have to go and go into debt for it, it's probably not the right time to do it. And some of you are looking at me like, well, then I'll never get it done. Well, then don't ever get it done. Like, God, is it worth it to me to put my finances in slavery to someone else other than you so that my kitchen looks better? That's the question. The question is not, are these things bad or wrong? The question is, can I have self-control? And do I understand what I'm really doing when I take on debt for things that I don't really need? You follow me, church? Church. 
There's a difference between want and need. Do I need to update my kitchen? If your house just caught fire and burned down, then you probably need a new kitchen. But if you just don't like your old cabinets anymore and you want new ones, that is not the right way to do that. Putting your finances in slavery to someone other than God for something that you just want isn't right. I know some of you are going to argue with me about that, but that's okay. In Hosea 4.6, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I firmly believe that there are a lot of people whose finances are in utter ruin because they do not understand. They do not understand how money works. They do not understand how to make their money work for them instead of them having to work for their money. Financial peace is a great tool to help you overcome that. But it's hard. God, give me self-control. God, give me knowledge. And last but not least, God, give me a plan. You see, getting out of debt, living a debt-free existence doesn't happen on accident. Y'all hear me there? It does not happen on accident. It happens when you plan for it to happen. Now, here's the thing about that. What that means is that you have to have an actual financial plan to work your way out of debt. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now, the one thing, Dawn and I can attest to this because it has helped us immensely. We're nowhere close to where we want to be in terms of having financial peace, but we have made a lot of progress. And the number one thing that helped us do that was living on a real budget. I'm not talking about, listen, you guys have heard me say this before. Here's my expenses, and here's what I have left. That's what people consider a budget. If the church operated like that, it would be a disaster. Would it not? Those of you who are ministry leaders, where are my elders? Imagine if what we did was said, hey, this is all the money that we have to pay out for expenses, and here's all that we have left. Let's just go spend it. What would that do to our ministries at the church? It would be utterly destructive because we might think, hey, we've got $18,000 left. Let's go buy, I don't even know. Let's put a new sound system in some cool bells and whistles. We don't have to worry about whether kids' ministry or any other ministry can function. We got all this money left over, but we really don't, do we? Y'all follow what I'm saying here? A lot of people in their homes function this way. I owe X dollars for expenses. I have this much left over, and this is what I live on. What does that mean, what you live on? If you don't budget and say, this is the amount I will allow myself to spend on eating out or entertainment, you'll spend all of it that way. Some of you are like, no, that's ludicrous. Oh, it's not? It's not ludicrous. How many of you have ever gone back three months of your checking account and looked at how much money you spend on things that you like? How many of you have ever done that? It's sobering at times, isn't it? I spent how much? Yeah, you spent $3,000 at McDonald's. Now, that's obviously an exaggeration. Okay, maybe, maybe. Right? But some of us, we don't think about the $18 here and the $26 here and the $34 here. It's small amounts. But over time, it just adds up. And we look at our account. We say, how do we not have any money? Well, because you're not telling your money where to go before it goes there. Your money's telling you where it's going to go because you don't have any self-control and you don't have any understanding and you don't have a plan for what your money is going to do. 
I believe wholeheartedly. Now, some of you are thinking, yep, next week's that giving sermon Pastor Brian's going to talk about. So he's greasing the skids, right, to lay down the thing about giving. Listen, this isn't about the Kettering Church and what the Kettering Church needs financially. This is about the people that make up the Kettering Church making wise decisions and trying to figure out how to get to a debt free or a more debt-free existence so that you all individually can do what God is calling you to do. So that when you come across a need, you're able to actually do something about it. So that when the church comes up with a need, when somebody comes to us and says, hey, we've got this thing that we just, we're, and it's no way for us to take care of this. We as a church can come to you and say, hey, here's this need. And more of you can say, yes, I can do something to help because I have freedom in my finances to be able to do what God would have me to do. God, give me self-control so that it's not all about me all the time, right? God, give me understanding. Help me understand how debt really works. God, give me a plan. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and talk to you about the importance of budget without giving you some resources to help you do that. In version, there are some links to Dave Ramsey's budgeting tools. They're fantastic. You can click through and get PDFs, or if you're more of a digital person, you can click through. Dave Ramsey has a thing called Every Dollar. A lot of your banks nowadays, especially if you're a right pack credit union customer, have phenomenal, phenomenal budgeting tools right there at your bank, okay? But if your bank doesn't offer that and you're like, I have no idea where to start, you can even if you're a paper person, how many paper people do I have? Yep, I knew you were out there. I planned for you today, right? There are paper forms out at the information desk that you can grab and take home with you. But church, please hear me. This is so incredibly important because so many of us as Christians think, well, there are all these things the Bible says that we should do and that we shouldn't do, and so we're really careful to try and do them. But the Bible talks more about money than it does almost any other singular subject other than love in Scripture. And yet so many of us as Christians don't invest enough time or energy into figuring out how can we live in existence financially that would be pleasing to the God whom we serve. Now, it's not my place to tell you that if you have debt that that's not pleasing to God. That's not what I'm up here to do. I'm up here to say to you that you need to think about it you need to pray about it. You need to seek God's face about it. And you need to try and figure out, is there a way? Is there something that I should be doing to eliminate some of the debt, maybe even all of the debt that exists in my world? And again, I want to go back to this thought. What could you do? What could you do if you didn't have the enormous debt that maybe you have in your life. Maybe your debt is wrapped up in your cars. Maybe it's in your house. Maybe it's in your furniture. Maybe it's in your toys. Maybe it's in your vacations. Maybe it's, I don't know. And it doesn't really matter to me. I don't need any of you to come up to me and say, man, Pastor Brian, my debt is in X, Y, or Z. I don't, I don't care where your debt is. Personally, it doesn't affect me. But what I do care about is that you take the time and you say, God, what would you have me to do? 
God, have there been moments where I have felt inspired to do something, but I haven't been able to because of the debt and the money I spend on my wants, that I put myself, my finances in slavery to someone else, and I'm not able to do the things that you ask me to do for the help of other people. So please don't walk away from here feeling like, wow, you just really bashed on me because I have debt, or you just bashed on me because I have a nice car, or whatever. That is not at all my intention. Not at all. So please, what are the prayers? God, give me self-control. God, give me understanding. God, give me a plan. 